Hello and welcome to Glens Falls Today Morning Brief. Our top story today, a local community activist targeted by a Facebook hacking scheme. I'm Gary Scott and today is Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. Other stories in the morning brief today, a basketball referee saved by an AED unit, Dunham's Bay Resort sold and rebranded, and the Lake George Volunteer Fire Department remembering one of its former leaders, who sadly passed away last week. But first, before we get into our stories, I want to let you know that if you're looking for a place to advertise your local business, Glens Falls Today could be the perfect solution. Our goal is to provide free and convenient access to important local news, but more importantly, we want to support and represent our community, and what better way to do that than by helping to spread the word about the great local businesses in the greater Glens Falls area. For example, I'd like to say a quick thank you to one of our community partners, Sky Zone Trampoline Park in Queensbury. They'll set you up with a great birthday party for the kids and less hassle for all you parents. They also offer general admission tickets and memberships with exclusive discounts and access to member-only events. And if you own a business in the area as well, you could advertise with us on our website or even right here with me on The Morning Brief. For more information, head over to our website at glensfallstoday.com and thank you for making Glens Falls Today your source for free local news. Quick thinking and a nearby AED unit may have saved a man's life last week at Argyle Central School. According to the Post-Star, one of the referees working Friday night's girls basketball game between Argyle Fort Edward and visiting Whitehall appeared to go into cardiac arrest and collapsed on the court. Several people rushed to his side, administering CPR and using the automated external defibrillator unit to revive the 64-year-old man. Boyd Hunt, the Whitehall girls basketball coach, said, quote, After we administered the AED, he popped out of it, which is a very good thing. He was alert. The really good thing is me and him were joking when he was leaving for the ambulance. I talked to him Saturday morning and he was doing well. Dave Jones, the announcer at Argyle basketball game, said, quote, Everyone involved in helping this guy was amazing. They were quick. They were right there. He asked what the score was when they were getting him ready to go to the ambulance, and he gave a thumbs up when they were taking him out. Hunt recalls there were about four minutes left in the first half of the game when he noticed the referee in some distress. He said, quote, It happened right in front of me. I tried to catch him, but he fell. I was first on the floor with him. He had cut the back of his head pretty good, so I kept compression on it. Jason Humiston, the Fort Ann Athletic Director, was also in attendance at the game to watch his daughters play for Argyle Fort Edward, and also came to the assist of the referee. He said, quote, I heard a thud when he went down, and a couple people rushed over. Someone grabbed the AED and I hooked it up to him. There was a gentleman from Whitehall who's an EMT, and a lady from Argyle who's a nurse, and they took the lead giving instructions. The Post-Star reports automated external defibrillators, or AEDs, are required in New York State schools and have been mandated since 2002. The lightweight portable devices, usually visible and mounted to a wall, are used to deliver an electric shock through the chest to the heart to restore normal rhythm in the case of cardiac arrest. And the recent incident involving Buffalo Bills safety Damar Hamlin, who suffered cardiac arrest while making a tackle during a nationally televised game, has put a focus on the need for AEDs and proper training in CPR. Humiston added, quote, The AED units are readily accessible at Argyle. We got it there within 20 seconds. In New York State, all coaches are required to be certified in CPR and first aid, and school personnel are trained in using an AED. 
Humiston then said, quote, We train on that thing a hundred times. It's just not the same when things are happening. Hunt said they took turns administering chest compressions before the official was revived. Humiston said the nurse and EMT were at the game as fans. Medical personnel are not required at athletic events, although ambulances are usually stationed at football games. Hunt said Whitehall has several AED units, including three portable units that can be checked out for use by teams at outdoor athletic events or for road games. Following the incident Friday night, the basketball game was suspended, and no date to resume has yet been announced. The 132-acre property, located at 2999 State Route 9L on the east side of Lake George, formerly known as the Dunham's Bay Resort, was recently acquired for $1.8 million by investors Mike Caruso and Daniel Ellsworth. According to our own Kate Haggerty, Dunham's Bay Resort was purchased along with an adjacent property, and the deed filed with the Warren County Clerk's Office states the transaction closed in November. This resort features two restaurants, the Brasserie at Bayside and Tavern on the Bay, both operated by Chef Jason Travis and his wife Nicole. These two restaurants will have guests' expectations covered, providing both an upscale farm-to-table restaurant and an upscale tavern dining option. Travis and his wife have also owned 10 McGillis Public House in the village of Lake George since 2019. In addition to the two restaurants, the resort features amenities including banquet spaces, 36 year-round and seasonal cabins and cottages, fire pits, pickleball courts, and an indoor heated pool with a jacuzzi. There are also 118 acres of wooded hiking trails. The property was purchased from Swordfish Realty, a holding company for a New York City hedge fund company. The previous owners had purchased the resort for $2.62 million in 2013, and during this time hundreds of thousands of dollars were invested in bringing internet lines from the village of Lake George to the resort. This resort was used by their investment management firm to give employees a break from the hustle and bustle of New York City while still allowing them to conduct business. Yeah, if I lived and worked in New York City, I would need a break every now and then too. Now before we get to our top story, I want to remind you again that you could advertise your business with us at glensfallstoday.com or right here on The Morning Brief. As our business continues to grow and develop, we strive to help other local businesses do the same. We want to help you spread the word about the great services that you have to offer our community. For more information, visit our website at glensfallstoday.com. A prominent community activist, businesswoman, and leader of several not-for-profit entities had for many years used Facebook as a way to publicize events and activities of her organizations, as well as to keep in touch with her friends, acquaintances, and business clientele. But recently, after the cunning actions of a hacker, she found herself locked out of her Facebook account, her friends were being scammed in her name, and she was being extorted for ransom by the hacker. But, according to Sun Community News, with help from law enforcement authorities including the Federal Bureau of Investigation and Facebook security representatives, she ultimately retrieved control of her social media account and has been urged by the FBI to share her story with others. Warrensburg resident Teresa Whalen, a founder of Warrensburg Beautification and the Warrensburg Farmers Market, as well as an area real estate agent, says this dilemma began with a message for help she received through Facebook Messenger, a message which appeared to have been sent from a close friend. The message read, quote, What is your cell phone number? I want to add you to my Facebook trusted contacts. 
Waylon then sent her cell phone number to this friend, unaware that she would soon become the victim of a hacker's deception. The hacker's next message, still masquerading as a friend of Teresa's, said, quote, I am trying to secure my Facebook account, and then asked her to send a Facebook reset code, which Teresa did. The next message in this ruse stated, quote, Facebook will take you to my page real quick for approval. Please stay on Facebook now and tap yes to approve. Waylon followed these instructions as well, thinking she was only helping her dear friend secure her social media account. Soon after this, Waylon discovered she was not only locked out of her Facebook account, but the hacker had also taken control of her personal email account. Speaking on the situation now, Waylon said, quote, I was going through hell. It was a frightening, sickening feeling of having your identity taken away from you. Panic set in once Waylon realized that the hacker could not only steal her identity, but could also potentially seize control of her other Facebook accounts for Warnsburg Beautification and Warnsburg Farmers Market, and perhaps even the linked account of the local Chamber of Commerce. She recalled, quote, I stayed up through the night working around the clock in an attempt to prevent more damage and added that many of her other online accounts for which she used an identical or similar password were also threatened by this social media subterfuge. For hours into the night, Waylon worked to change the passwords on many accounts she had established online years ago. The Sun reports the hacker later sent her a new message, telling her that she could regain control of her Facebook account for a ransom of $1,500. That morning, her other Facebook friends, over 400 of them, received messages bearing Waylon's name, asking for their phone numbers. A hacker's ploy to spread the artifice even further. One of the new recipients suspected fraud and called Waylon, urging her to contact the Warren County Sheriff's Office as they had a staff member familiar with cybersecurity breaches. Waylon took action, as many of her friends were now receiving the same innocent-sounding request for help that could end up causing havoc for them and for not-for-profit groups in the North Country, disrupting lives and livelihoods. Through an email channel that she still had access to, Waylon sent out a message to as many of her friends as she could reach, warning them of the scam. Waylon called the sheriff's office, and a county patrol officer showed up at her house taking down information. Later, a local business person with extensive information technology experience gave her a direct phone number to a regional FBI office through which she could get help from an FBI agent. FBI and Facebook authorities then guided her on how to regain her Facebook and email accounts, ending the nightmare a few days after the initial hacking incident, but unfortunately, several of her friends also fell for the hoax and were locked out of their Facebook accounts, now facing the exact same problems. Waylon, however, shared her information about how to regain control. She had gone to a computer not associated with any of her accounts and sent a photo of her driving license to Facebook security personnel to confirm her identity, and through various additional steps, they retrieved her Facebook page for her. When she regained control of the account, she discovered that the hacker had added 85 new friends from all over the world, and had even blocked some of her actual longtime friends, which she said was presumably because they had detected the scam. An FBI representative urged Whalen to share her experience with others through a community forum on public online security, and it just so happens that such an event likely to feature an FBI representative is being planned for next month. Since Teresa's encounter with the scheme, many of her friends and business associates have reported similar recent instances of having their identity stolen. 
In the meantime, Waylon has been urging her friends and associates to use complex, unique passwords that incorporate random numbers and symbols, and to never use a single password for multiple accounts. She has also repeated recommendations of cybersecurity experts to have important accounts secured by two-step authentication. She said, quote, My situation goes to show you that anyone can get caught off guard. And finally, the Lake George Volunteer Fire Department is mourning one of its former leaders. News 10 reports in a Facebook post on Wednesday last week, the department announced the passing of former Fire Chief Bruce Kilburn, who spent three decades serving the Lake George community at both the Fire Department and the Lake George Emergency Squad. Kilburn was 73 years old. Current Lake George VFD Chief Christopher Hawley said, quote, Bruce and I were friends for I can't tell you how many years. He was the man on the job for a lot of bad issues over a number of years. Kilburn served as chief from 2004 to 2008. During that time, Kilburn led the response to the 2005 Ethan Allen boat crash, a disaster which killed 20 people on the lake. He was also there for the 2007 fire that destroyed the former Prospect Mountain Diner, as well as a 2004 motel explosion. Kilburn and his wife Sadie were also the owners of the former Sullivan's Rexall Drugstore and Gift Shop at the corner of Shepherd Park, opposite Montcalm Street, having inherited the store from the original owner Leo Sullivan upon his retirement. Between running the store during the village's busy summers and serving on the fire department and emergency squad, Bruce Kilburn was a busy man, and he bounced all around Lake George so much that the village eventually gave him a dedicated parking spot so he could easily get in and out which I'm sure was incredibly useful during the summers. Holy said, quote, Sometimes I think he spent more time serving the public than his own store. He was always in and out. News 10 reports Holy and Kilburn's friendship developed through a series of crossing paths over the decades. Holy is in his second run as fire chief, having first served from 1991 to 94. When Kilburn had his run, Holy stepped back in as assistant chief before later taking the reins again himself. Now, Holy hopes to keep the former chief's memory alive for the current generation of firefighters keeping the village of Lake George safe and sound. While discussing Kilburn, he said, quote, A lot of leaders aren't the most popular guys in the world, but if you look up nice guy in the dictionary, his picture's there. Whether it was the rescue squad guys, the firefighters, or someone in the community, he would make time for anyone. And that is all I've got for the Morning Brief today. Again, I am Gary Scott for Glens Falls Today, and as always, thank you for listening. Our goal for the Morning Brief is to provide you with quick and convenient access to the most important news around the greater Glens Falls area, so if you love the show, you can support us by subscribing, leaving a 5-star review, and recommending us to a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow morning with more local news you need to know. I'm Gary Scott, and this is Glens Falls Today Morning Brief.